Welcome to PhD with Women on It Hack the Future. My name is Beata Young, and today's PhD Positivity Hack delivered will be by our guest, Dr. Vanessa Marcy. Topic How Humor Can Make You a Better Leader. Episode 62 starts here. Let me remind you, this is a grassroots community that focuses on Women on It, an inclusive forum of women in technology, startups, and female leaders who are supported by men as well. And I bring heart to that hassle because empathy is my motto. And empathy is critical when you work on humor and leadership. My first son has a PhD in arts, my daughter has two degrees in communication and journalism, and my youngest son is a burglar. Well, a burglar, you should kick him out. Now, he's the only one who makes money. Well, let's find out if Dr. Marcy is making her money with her PhD today. But before we dive into the topic, let me mention a few highlights. Belated Happy Mother's Day to all. Have you seen Michelle Galan's latest painting of mums? Indeed, our love for our children will never end. The choreographer of the full-length Swan Lake in 1988, Heldi Homelson of San Francisco Ballet, took his final bow in a very grand manner with Mother's Day presentation of Swan Lake. It was the first complete sellout since COVID-19 shutdown. All the best, Helgi. A very touching moment in Cook Country Jail where mothers recorded themselves reading, I'm coming home soon to be sent to the caretakers of their children. What a great and humble way to celebrate Mother's Day for all. In today's episode, let me remind you, we are going to learn how humor can make you a better leader. There are so many different options about what it takes to lead, and so much of the information out there is contradictory. There is one thing that is not in dispute, though. Laughter is important for great leadership. Humor has been proven to be one of the most important tools of leadership. It boosts morale and increases productivity. Additionally, it leads to greater creativity and improved relationships among team members. Studies have shown that the ability to laugh at yourself as well as foster a positive work environment through humor can be linked to one's effectiveness as a leader. Leaders don't have to be serious, stoic and stern. In fact, it's much better for them if you're not. We all know that laughter is, laughter is good for the soul but it can also make you a better leader at work. Our guest today is an expert of humor and leadership. Dr. Vanessa Marcy is the founder and CEO of Leading with Humor, an innovative consultancy and leadership development firm that helps leaders and organizations to harness the power of humor for more productive, inclusive, and funnier workplaces. Dr. Vanessa bridges entertainment, business, and academia. She is a leadership coach, laughter yoga trainer, trainer, international speaker, an academic, and a stand-up comedian. Her research work on humor and leadership has been published in the Financial Times, the European Business Review, La Tribune, and Harvard Business Review France. Her main message 
If you want to accelerate your business or career success, you need to understand the art and science of humor and leadership. Let's go into the humor uh, bonanza with Dr. Marcy. And I'm going to ask you first, where in the world are you, Vanessa? Hello, thank you very much for the invitation. I'm here today on the French Riviera. So quite French glamorous yeah. uh, destination. Ah, French Riviera, that could be many places, including uh, Saint-Tropez or where uh, exactly? I'm in Nice. Nice, oh, Nice, beautiful location, very close to Monaco. I uh, hope the weather is kind to you. Oh, and, yeah, the, the, the weather is very kind to, uh, to us today. <laughs> beautiful. And let me uh, go with the quotation of Warren Buffett once said, I buy expensive suits, they look cheap on me. I buy expensive clothes, they look cheap on me today. And I hope we're going to have some cracking jokes. And uh, I suspect many people expect you from you to say, a little joke or something because you're a stand-up comedian, don't they? Oh yeah, but probably they expect. But um, I'm not a politically correct stand-up comedian. That's the problem. Uh, <laughs> I know uh, what type of humor to use and to not use in the workplace because I used to uh, to use the wrong type of humor in the rock, in the wrong in the workplace. I mean, the idea of the research I've done with uh, Cambridge University, which is the base of my, uh, of my work, came when I was leading a team and I was cracking jokes all the time. And one of my colleagues came up to me one day and said, can you stop cracking jokes because it's not funny. And that's when I started to think uh, and to wonder if there is a place to say, uh, to, to, to use humor, and if you can use humor, if you can use different types of humor according to the gender of the person, because I was just out of um, a room with uh, some male colleagues, uh, and they found me hilarious. And then I shared the same jokes with my female colleagues, and they didn't find me funny at all. And then I pushed further and I, I started to, uh, to think, what if you, uh, you use humor with your peers, with your hierarchy? Should you use a different type of humor? And I pushed the concept further and further until I, uh, until I came up with a research and a concept um, that, was my, um, that served as my final project for my MBA at Cambridge University and become the it become my uh, my company okay so leading with humor is is your uh company is also your thesis and what was the findings of your thesis the finding were findings were very interesting because uh what we discover is that even if women uh, you uh, think humor is very important it's an essential tool in leadership they don't use it Mm. And I found it very sad that uh, women deprive themselves of a very powerful leadership tool because what we found is that they are scared of being judged. Mm. 
And uh, it's true that there are lots of uh, research. You can find a lot of research if you Google about women should not use humor at work. But it don't take into account the different types of humor because research found that there are different types of humor. And when you, uh, you read about the research, they just uh, asking women and men to say the same jokes. And if you are a man or a woman, the humor is not received the same, is not used and received the same way. Well, it leads me to another um, research I uh, came across before I joined this uh, live stream today. I was trying to prepare for some questions because it's such a fascinating topic and the, your thesis is actually um, kind of uh, not directly confirmed, but I found that women quite often use humor in a wrong way. So for example, we tend to deprecate ourselves by saying, well, I'm a blonde. Uh, that's probably I made why I made a mistake, even if it's a tedious mistake. So yeah. what is the right way of making jokes in office environment and not deprecating yourself? Yeah, I think people, they love self-deprecating humor, humor, especially uh, if you are if you are from uh, from the UK because it's engraved in the DNA to uh, to use a self-deprecating humor. Uh, and according to research, women tend to use it more than men. And actually, the, um, if, if you look at what self-deprecation means, it means uh, that is going to be you are going to put yourself down. It's detrimental to yourself. So why should you use this type of humor? It's a great tool but only if you need to do uh, to reduce the social distance with the with one person in the company and usually the person you need to reduce the social distance with is your subordinates if you want to communicate with your peers or with your hierarchy you should use a type of humor that is going to enhance and showcase your uh, your skill your expertise and not put yourself down in France, we have the same way of uh, saying we are uh, I'm blonde, even if I'm, I'm not blonde. If we do a mistake, that's kind of uh, a metaphor to say I'm a bit stupid and uh, sorry for uh, all the, the blonde there. But it's something that is common in France to make a joke about the fact of being blonde. And women tend to, uh, to say that in France as well. Oh, there is a tiny mistake in, on my PowerPoint. So, uh, oh, sorry, today I'm blonde. Mm. But in, uh, rather than doing that, uh, we should actually just move on and not trying to cover mistakes with humor. Humor should come on the top of uh, your performance, not to use it to hide something that happened. And if you think about it, men tend to not really uh, pay attention to those small mistakes. And if you are using humor to cover that up, you are actually uh, making a, a big deal of a, of a really small mistake. Rather, you should use to connect. And as a woman, you need to uh, to be more assertive than men. It's a, it's a fact. We need to uh, we, we need to prove more uh, on in the workplace. And if you are using self-deprecating humor, you are you are actually um, deserving yourself. And all your effort to look professional are going to be diminished and you are putting in jeopardy your uh, your status as a leader. So it's better to use a type of humor that is positive, 
that is uh, either situational, so either you are going to make fun of the situation, or either it's going to be positive for yourself, meaning that the, the punchline uh, is going to be something positive about yourself rather than something negative. Mm. Thank you very much, Vanessa. No offense taken. I'm still blonde and uh, <laughs> still happy to continue this uh, conversation. Why do you have to laugh at yourself? I mean, why is it important to have a little bit of uh, laugh at yourself? Well, it's important personally, because when you are able to laugh at yourself, well, first you laugh, uh, which we should all do every day, which is good for our body, for our soul, for pretty much everything. Um, then it allows you to uh, bypass the fear of judgment if you uh, if you laugh at yourself, and also to uh, to say to the person in front of you that you are accessible, that you don't take yourself too seriously. But again, it really depends on the situation. Humor seems something very easy, but it's much more. Uh, uh, it's much more powerful and deep than we might think. When you when you study humor, you realize that there are many layers that we apply humor in many different situations. That is part of our communication, but we don't necessarily know how to use it properly. And when I say properly, I mean to our advantage. Uh, and laughing at, your, uh, laughing at yourself is very important because we tend to be very serious at work and we think because we are serious, people are going to take ourselves seriously. But there is no proof that if you take yourself too seriously, you are going to be more performant than someone who is having fun, who is accessible, who is uh, smiling all the time. Uh, and those kind of people tend to be the people that are attracting others. And, uh, and if you are attracting others, people, they like you, you are increasing your likability and uh, you are a more positive leader. People see you as a more positive leader. Let me be here a, a little bit of a devil's advocate because uh, there is a German Technischer University München, um, which uh, we know that Germans usually have a very uh, dry sense of humor, um, if they do have. Um, and apparently they found out that women who smile less could be promoted more at symposium hosted by them. Researchers shared their discovery of several interesting insights into the selection and assessment of leaders in both business and academia. Large, largely, they concurred that long-held stereotypes still play a large role in today's modern workforce, especially, workforce, especially as they pertain to female leaders. Among, among their key findings was women are perceived as less willing to take on leadership roles if they give a cheerful impression than men who display, display similar emotions. Is there a way to fight with this toxic bias? I think it really depends on uh, the situation. It's about personal assessment. As a leader, your uh, your first, um, you, you, I mean, your your focus is your team, is the people who are working with you. For those people, I think you should use and abuse uh, laughing and humor and smiling because you need to reduce what I mentioned, the social distance. Because when you are a leader, it comes with um, a feeling of intimidation. 
People, they don't necessarily communicate with you and tell you everything because you are the leader. So you need to, uh, to understand how to use humor with those people in order to be more accessible. When it's, you are with your peer and with your hierarchy, it's another matter. It depends the situation, it depends the relationship, and it depends the person. Humor is a language. It's a way to communicate with someone. You would not use the same, the same words, the same tone with everyone uh, at every level in a company. And the same way, you need to be strategical with your sense of humor. And that's the, that was the purpose of my research. That was a framework on how to use humor strategically according to the people, according to the person in front of you and according to the situation. If you are in a one-to-many, one-to-one, if you are in front of your peers, your hierarchy, your subordinates, if you are in front of a woman or if you are in front of a man. And, and it's even... It's even um, more interesting because humor change according to your age, according to the age of the person who is in front of you, according to the culture. You mentioned uh, German. Uh, the culture is different, so we all think that maybe Germans don't have a, a sense of humor. Well, everyone has a sense of humor, but we all laugh at different things according to our culture, according to the country. And that's very interesting because that means that you often have like uh, some diplomatic havoc uh, due to our way of using humor when we are abroad or when we meet someone from another culture. So uh, let's imagine uh, you are a new leader in a new company. How do you fit into the structure using humor? What would be your advice? How to start? Uh, I would start with uh, assessing uh, if there are any humor in the in the company, if it's part of the culture of the company. Uh, if you go to a new job and you are meeting the, the recruiter, start with a, a small joke, something that is very lighthearted and that uh, works all the time or that you've seen a comedian done, has done to try and see if the person is smiling. If the person is smiling, that means that their response is positive and they are allowing you to continue to maybe a joke. So that's a, that's a positive you know, connection that you've just made with that person. If not, uh, perhaps the person is not open to humor and maybe you should question if you want to join a company, if, uh, if humor is not welcome there. There are some companies that are making humor part of their recruitment process because they uh, think that they want their culture to be positive. They want people to, uh, to be free to banter and to interact positively with each other. And so they have, they have made a conscious effort in incorporating humor within the, the recruitment process. Uh, it's your job as a new entry in a, in a new employee or a new person in a company to either assess it, assess it in the company, assess it in uh, within the person in front of you, uh, whatever it is, your, uh, your hierarchy, your peers or your subordinates in your team. And if you feel as a leader that your team is lacking humor, it's, it's up to you to uh, change that and uh, and to include to um, to to make humor one of your uh, one of the essential uh, part of your uh, leadership and to use it with them in order to give them the permission to do it. 
Right, we have a couple of questions from our lovely audience. Uh, let's start with in love and in pain. Dr. Vanessa, uh, sorry, um, uh, can you tell us a story where you can't stop from laughing and your stomach hurts? Oh, well, uh, since I started laughter yoga, uh, I mean, that happens all the time because it's very interesting because humor is viral. So when you start laughing, I mean, laughter is viral. So when you start laughing, people, they, uh, they laugh as well in return. And that means that you, you, can, uh, you can quickly spiral into, uh, into laughing out loud and even crying out of laughter uh, sometimes. But uh, I mean, it happens to me all the time. I try to joke all the time. Uh, it's now, you know, a professional, you know, uh, default, if I, uh, if I can say it like that. Uh, because I tend to uh, to joke with everybody I'm going to meet. So I joke with my uh, my family all the time, and even people I meet in the street. If I see that someone is not uh, is not happy, if I see that someone is like you know not really uh, a smiley, and I meet someone in the elevator or doesn't matter, I'm going to try to uh, to cheer the person up. Uh, because I think that if you can make someone smile, you are making their day. And that can completely shift, shift their energy and shift their day. And it's a bit like, this, you know, the chain of kindness. You can create a chain of laughter. You, you can make someone smile and that person is going to be more positive and do something positive and maybe make someone else uh, laugh. But uh, laughter, I mean, uh, I love when I do stand-up. And I do stand up from uh, from time to time. Uh, I uh, uncontrollably, I can't really really remember a specific anecdote, but uh, but I'm I'm quite um, I mean lucky because uh, I can say that I'm laughing every day, uh, and I have a family um, which also has a, a great sense of humor, so they make me really laugh uh, on a regular basis and often. At least, at least once a week, I uh, I'm, I'm crying out of laughter. So, uh, do I take it that it was easy for you because you were born in a family that used laughter and uh, had no problem with having good sense of humor? How would you? Is it is humor a skill that somebody can acquire? And how would you go about acquiring this skill? Well, I think the, the background obviously is helping. Uh, my father has a killing sense of humor. And now that I'm doing a stand-up comedy, I can say that I know where my sense of humor is coming from. But nevertheless, I made mistakes with, uh, with humor. And I'm sure that some people don't find me funny at all. Because as we all know, humor is uh, perceived differently according to the to the different people that that are in in the room so some people are going to find that i'm hilarious and some people are like mm, maybe not um but you we can all learn humor that's what i teach i i don't necessarily teach humor as a, to be a stand-up comedian but i teach leader how to use humor to their advantage because this is so important to know to be comfortable in using humor in order to um, enhance your relationship, to create relationship, uh, positive relationship with everyone in the workplace. As a comedian, I've seen people starting stand-up comedy with zero sense of humor, in a sense that they were shy, 
they were scared. Some people uh, were um, had some um, difficulties, learning difficulties, or they were they had autism, or they had other uh, other um, uh, things that were making uh, learning stand-up difficult. And I've seen them winning awards on stand-up comedy. Conducting, um, conduct, conducting rooms with like thousands of people. So if those people can become professional comedians, I think we can all uh, we can all be better at using humor. Like trust me, this question comes back all the time. Can we all learn humor? Yeah. If you are someone who is scared of stage, uh, like I was before I started uh, stand up. Who is uh, who has autism, or I know um, a woman who is a great comedian, UK comedian. And she has a, a epilepsy syndrome, so it's not really easy to speak for her. And she's now on BBC TV, being a, being a comedian. Uh, nothing can stop you. Nothing is an excuse to uh, not uh, learn how to use humor. So how do you start? You talk about on your website, uh, we're going to post a link to your website shortly. You talk about the humor methodology. What is it? Well, the humor methodology is really about how to uh, use it for specific leadership situation. Um, when I'm with my clients in uh, coaching or in training, uh, I, um, I explain to them, I we found out together how what is their sense of humor what is making them tick and what is um, uh, i teach them how to recognize the sense of humor in others uh, and then we work on the different situation could be leadership situation so for example how to use humor with um, people in your team that are that are from different culture how to use humor to negotiate how to use humor to uh, be to do better sales how to use humor to ease a conflict how to use humor to be more resilient to build a team to recruit people though so i i've researched every situation that a leader might encounter and but we through the the angle of humor I wanted to know if humor could be useful in that situation, if not, and finding an easy formula uh, that people, that leaders can apply so they feel confident in using humor in those situations. Well, a person without a sense of humor is like a wagon without, without springs. It's jolted by every pebble on the road, Henry Ward Beecher says. Yeah. Uh, let's go into next question. Olga Vasina, lovely to see you. So does this mean there is a humor chauvinism? Do we have a chance of achieving amusing equality in the workplace, Dr. Vanessa? That's uh, coming back to the female uh, leaders uh, using humor. Absolutely. And that's why I go to companies and I uh, conduct workshops uh, in, in a womanly, women's network. Why? Because women are better equipped than men to use it. We have a natural empathy. We are naturally using positive humor because we, uh, we, we care more. I mean, that's all that is statistic and there are wonderful men that are using positive humor all the time. But according to science, women are better equipped, but they don't use it. 
So we should be more, uh, more bold with our sense of humor because totally we can do it. Obviously, we are all different. And as a woman, I, when I started, before I studied, uh, I studied uh, humor, my sense of humor uh, was very aggressive and, and uh, negative at some sometimes. Um, so I'm not one of those women, <laughs> but uh, I learned to uh, have a better and more positive sense of humor thanks to the thanks to my research. So I'm my. Uh, my own guinea pigs and i can say that it works and humor can be really the way to stand out the way to connect quickly with other people in the workplace and to really make a difference we all want workplaces where uh, we can uh, we, we can have a bit of a banter with our colleagues a positive banter not hurting anyone not putting anyone down just like properly laughter and connection we have another question from Agatha Bellon, an article by uh, Lucy Burton, she corrected herself in the Telegraph yesterday, notes banter can be very toxic in a company. How does a woman avoid toxic banter in the workplace and make it healthy humor? Well, it depends, but it's not the banter, it's the topic of the banter. That can be uh, that can be difficult. We have all encountered sexism or any other form of discrimination through humor. I've done a TEDx on that topic because uh, I think people don't realize the impact of their words and the fact that when you uh, you use humor, you uh, you can pass a very strong you can convey a very strong message and that message can be positive or negative. And some people are, uh, I, uh, I might use it uh, to um, make people feel good around them. And some people are going to use it to, uh, to diminish other people. So it really depends. It's not, it's not about the banter and banter should not be banned. It's avoiding uh, topics and more of that. It's making people conscious that their sense of humor has an impact and they should be, uh, they should they should want they should they should have the intention a positive intention when they use humor as a woman when it happens you can learn to uh to to, to come back with a comeback to be really good at comebacks in order to respond with humor to this type of humor uh, also you can decide to uh, change the topic of the conversation uh, but uh, you should always respond. You should always respond when you are attacked. Uh, and if you can do it with humor, that's even better. Uh, right, we are back with women who are smiling. And it reminds me a story of my mother when she was smiling at professor because she thought, well, I don't know the answers to his questions, but at least I will smile cutely. And eventually he said, why are you smiling? So she, her response was, that's the way my face looks. Um, what would you say if you had a sexist joke? What would be your response, Vanessa? How to react to toxic um, humor in the workplace? Uh, I often get the, this question as well. And I think we should all respond according to our own values. Because as I mentioned, I have an aggressive sense of humor. I use it on stage. So if someone attack me, I would be, Oh, 
that's too good to be true. You are attacking me. I'm a stand-up comedian. Thank you for making my life uh, easier because for me, it's like a game. Uh, I've had this situation. I've been in those situations many times. Um, but my response is going to be rather aggressive. Uh, and it's not everybody's choice. So women often comes to me and, and tell me, I don't feel comfortable in being aggressive. And you don't have to. That's the good news. You can respond according to your sense of humor, according to your own value. If you don't feel comfortable, don't do it. You don't have to. Um, but uh, for me, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a defense mechanism. And I would immediately respond with the same tone and the same responding the same way that the other person has uh, has attacking me. So it really it depends. But, yeah. Uh, well, uh, we have another question from Olga, and she actually stole my question uh, here. What stand-up comedians most inspire you, and which have the best lessons for business, apart from you, of course, Dr. Vanessa? <laughs> so. I uh, I know that um, a lot of comedians in France, because I'm based in France, are now uh, talking about business. Personally, uh, all the the people I like don't necessarily talk about uh, about business. What I think you can learn from a comedian is and that can serve in business. It's the way they command the room. It's um, it's the way they behave on stage. It's the way they connect uh, with people. But I think any comedian, every comedian can have something interesting, a joke, interest, an interesting joke about the workplace that you can reuse. And there are many. So it's up to you to look for the comedian that that makes you tick and that you rely to. I, I watched on Prime Peter Russell's and it really made me laugh. And it's about you know differences, intercultural differences. Uh, I I, uh, I used to like Chelsea Handler, uh, who is American. Uh, she's a very aggressive uh, aggressive comedian. Um, but uh, I don't take my business lesson from comedian. Uh, but I advise people to look for comedian for their jokes and maybe to uh, steal some of their material for the workplace. Definitely. Mm. Well. Uh... I have to uh, talk about uh, somebody that I really admire from the past. Uh, she was uh, Dorothy Parker writing about um, uh, the subject of committing suicide. And this is her resume. This is a little poem she made. Razors pain you, rivers are dump, acids stain you, and drugs cause crump. Guns aren't lawful, noses give, gas smells awful, you might as well leave. Is there something that you would advise avoiding? Is there any topic that you advise not to talk about in the no, office? No, because, uh, because um, stage, I mean, for the workplace, stage for a stand-up comedian is the a space for expression. And there is no taboo on stage, even if like lots of comedians uh, have been uh, have had trouble. In theory, it's a space where you can express yourself, you can uh, you can try things, 
and humor comes from surprise and pushing the boundaries. So sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but at least we are making people think. In a workplace, it's different because you don't know who is in front of you. You don't know their sensitivity. You don't know what's happening to them. So you should uh, you should try carefully when uh, you are using humor, unless you uh, you know the person very very well. Then you can joke about pretty much everything. So the the topics. I mean, if you if you joke about suicide and you have a person you don't know, maybe you know she attempted. She she had she has suicidal thoughts or maybe someone uh, from her family just died. So you really, you don't know, uh, you don't know enough the people in the workplace to be comfortable with, uh, with topics such as death or, uh, or sickness or um, politics, money, pretty much anything that you would avoid at a Christmas dinner with your family, avoid it at the workplace. Cool advice. Thank you uh, so much for that, Vanessa. We have got uh, Mary I, uh, Esmeralda saying, uh, quoting you, if you make someone smile, you're making their day. I love that, Dr. Vanessa. I Thank love you. that as well. Well captured. Uh, I, Olga Vasina made a comment on my comment that she stole my question a great minds think like that absolutely thank you so much for uh, your great question olga i wanted to ask you uh, whether you've heard of this this is something i just discovered Pratfall effect which is a psychological phenomenon that claims we distance ourselves from people who appear to be perfect and the leaders use humor as part of their leadership skills to humanize themselves in the eyes of others. So, in other words, you not only make yourself approachable, but also you uh, release some good pheromone, pheromones and good positive atmosphere in the office. Talk a little bit about the laughing yoga. What's the purpose? How do you do it? And what is the outcome of that session, Marcy? Well, the first time someone mentioned laughter yoga, I was like, what is that? And during the pandemic, I got interested. So I started to pass the certification because I realized it's quite complementary uh, with what I'm doing because humor is the, is the trigger in a way and laughter is the the bullet is the, the 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 in a way it's very linked because humor in itself uh, it's it's nothing without the, the without the other person laughing and the good all the good hormones all the good thing you feel it's because the other person is either smiling or laughing and when they do that when you make someone uh, laugh or smile, you receive so much. I mean, you 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 are. Um, it's making you feel good. You have a lot of uh, uh, rewards in your body. Looking, uh, it. I don't know. It's like when you are the service of someone. We say that if you uh, you are happy, if you serve your community, if you serve other people. And for me, making someone laugh is serving the is it being at the service of the community because you make the other person feel good. You are going to uh, release in their system all the, all the good hormones, dopamine, serotonin, and in return, 
the person is going to make you smile as well and feel as good as they are. Uh, so it's pretty much like sex. You feel you both feel good in doing it. Uh, and uh, that's why I think it has the power to change the world. Because if we can make everyone smile around us, then people would be less negative, they would be less anxious, they would be less trust, less stressed. Uh, and uh, I think it can really change with a tiny thing, which is like smiling, using humor, things that we have we, we, we have in our possession, we can do it, we don't need to buy it. Uh, it's free and you can really change the morale of someone, uh, you can change their attitude. Uh, I think if we were all smiling and laughing all the time, we would feel much better. And it's recognized scientifically that laughter uh, is making you feel, is, is strengthening your immune system, is making you feel less anxious, uh, it's good for your heart. It's uh, making you stronger. So, uh, so if you feel sick, you are going to recovery, recovering a bit faster. Uh, it's helping you to connect with others. It's helping you to maintain positivity. He has so many great benefits that I, uh, I decided to, uh, to include now in all my conferences and training. I include laughter yoga. And uh, it's called laughter yoga because it's a mixed of yoga and uh, uh, I mean yoga breathing with laughter exercise and it looks utterly ridiculous when you do it and every time I make someone do a laughter yoga they're like what the hell is that uh, but when you do it it's actually a very interesting effect because if you do it if you follow it if you are like you are all in and you're like, okay, it looks ridiculous. I look ridiculous. Everybody looks ridiculous, but I'm still going to do it. You are bypassing the fear of judgment because that is that that is stopping us to laugh in public. It's the fear of judgment. But once you do it, you can stop it. I, I, I run um, a new program, a leadership program for women in uh, March. I launched it in March. And I met them do it. And they were like, oh my God, what is that? I don't want to do it. And I ask them to do a little challenge and to record themselves and do it every day. And by the end of the challenge, they were doing it in public with people around them. And they were recording themselves and pushing other people to do it. They were literally addicted to it. That was, that was beautiful because we all need to laugh at least 15 minutes a day and we don't do it naturally. So the laughter yoga is a way there are exercises so you can do it yourself or you can do it in group or with your family or with your kids, but at least you get your dose of, uh, of uh, endorphin and serotonin. You, you get your daily dose of laughter. Well, you definitely make me smile all the time. My uh, muscles uh, on cheeks are uh, stretched to the limit. And uh, Vanessa, I know that you kindly shared one of the questions uh, I was going to ask uh, during the show. And I am going to read the answer. The question was, what advice would you give to other females to help their career or start an entrepreneurial journey. And here is one of the answer, um, answers on your post. Rosalind Palmer, who kindly uh, connected to me and offered to also be on the show. And she says, in an early job in a publishing company, there was an old guy in the post room. He told me one day, don't stop smiling as it lights up my day. Whatever happens, stay true to you and that joy I see. 
Even in my darkest of days, I remember this and that he called me Smiler. So I seek to find that joy. What is your advice, Vanessa? I'm wondering. Um, and I'm really happy that you can bring so many positivity hacks to our audience. Well, it's not so much a positive hack than something I learned at the beginning of my career. And uh, especially <laughs> not even at the beginning, now that I, uh, I work as an entrepreneur, is to think about the big picture first. Because when I started, I didn't have a career plan or a business plan. And so I was just seizing the opportunities. But I think it's really important to think where you want to be in next year, in two years, in three years, in five years. Do you want to be a manager? Do you want to be a CEO? Do you want to make an exit for your, from your business? Because once you know uh, where you want to go, then you can think about how you can get there. Uh, and, uh, and I think everything you should do from that moment should be at the service of that goal. And, um, and so that's something I didn't get, but that's something I advise everyone to do because we are not necessarily strategical uh, with, our, with our career and we need it. And as I mentioned, I would add that as of what I mentioned before is that if you want to work in a positive environment, assess it assess the company, assess the recruiter uh, during, the, during the recruitment process. Because even if the job looks good, you would be disappointed if you are someone positive. And it happened to me many times. If you have someone who likes to joke, who wants to be in a positive work environment, you won't, you won't last in an environment that is toxic. And this is a, a quick way, a quick act to, uh, to, uh, to um, decipher, to assess if uh, humor and positivity is part of the work culture. Absolutely. Uh, we have got uh, two comments. Uh, first comment from Marianne Madeira. Thank you so much, Dr. Vanessa, for your tips. I will definitely try laughter yoga. It might make me lose weight. Yes, yeah. you, can, you can lose weight uh, doing uh, laughter every day. You can, you can lose, I think, uh, something like a kilo a year. Uh, so... Uh, so. Well, uh, together is, uh, as you mentioned, sex and laughter is definitely best medicine. Um, and that reminds me of our previous guest, M. Stroud, who was giving us uh, her view on the topic of laughter. Uh, the PhD was titled Laughter is the Best Medicine. I encourage you to watch it later on. And Patrick is uh, making a comment. I love your concept, Dr. Vanessa. Let's recreate the summer of 1967, but this time there free humor all around the world. There yeah. you go. I can sense there is an invitation to IPO Vit in Patrick's opinion, which is a live stream hosted every Tuesday by Patrick Young. That would be my husband. Anyway, <laughs> let's go into another question that I lined up for you, Vanessa. Um, what are the top five skills all career-driven females in your opinion should have apart from i suspect the first one will be laughter yeah sense of humor was my first one you uh, you guessed right so sense of humor and i think it goes with emotional intelligence uh because for me humor is the ultimate uh, emotional intelligence tool in the sense that you need to understand yourself others to have empathy 
uh, and it's good for your socials. It's a good social skills to have, social skill. Uh, also communication, because as I mentioned, humor is a, is a way to communicate, it's, it's a language. Uh, and uh, if you have great communication skills, then uh, if you are a great communicator, you can connect with people, you can convey your, your point. Self-confidence. And as women, we tend to uh, not have enough confidence. And again, it's part of what humor brings you because you can't really uh, own your joke and um, you can really connect with people if you don't have this self-confidence. So in working your self-confidence, you can also improve your, your humor. And also uh, resilience. We know the workplace might be difficult sometimes. Workplace sucks sometimes. Um, and life in general as well sometimes. So you need to be very resilient. And what I learned is that humor, the practice of humor uh, and laughter can make you much more resilient in the workplace and in your personal life as well. None of us are able to achieve success without some help along the way. Who are you most grateful to? Who helped you the most in your career? Well, in my career, it's like in my career and in my life, it's my parents. Uh, I think we all have a, a, if you are lucky, you have your family that is behind you. For me, it was my, uh, my parents and they always been with me and they believed in me when I told them that I was going to leave my job to create a company to help uh, organization and, uh, and, uh, and people to thrive uh, through humor in the workplace. So if you have people that can believe in your crazy idea and be there with you, I mean, you absolutely need to cherish them. <laughs> That's, they are pretty special. Well, not only uh, that PhD, I hope, is paying you back and your parents are proud of you, Vanessa. Um, what is a number one book you think would enhance your career at the beginning? Uh, I think like the, the, the one that I, uh, well, there are many because I, I read a lot and I think there are many books, but uh, I would recommend the Designing Your Life by Bill Burnett and Dave Evans. Evans. I read it not long ago, but I wish I had this book before I started in the workplace because they have a very efficient framework to understand what you want to do, uh, what you want to do with your life and with your career. And if I would have been more strategical, maybe my life would have been completely different. Well, I think your life turned out to be pretty good. Uh, I mean, you've got lots of engagement. I uh, follow you closely on Instagram and on LinkedIn. And I see you've got many beautiful, um, beautiful events coming up soon. What's next for uh, Vanessa? What is happening in your world of excitement? Uh, so the book, I mean, uh, first it's the book. Uh, I, I, got, um, I got a contract with a publishing house a few months ago and now I'm uh, working on it. So it's taking a lot of my energy and my uh, mind's power at the moment because I need, to, uh, I need to give the first draft by the end of next month. But uh, I'm going to write my first book about humor and leadership for a, a big publishing house in, uh, in France. And Good Think is going to be uh, translated in English after. So hopefully you will all be able to, uh, to read it. And I'm excited to uh, share my work and to uh, finally all the things I've done for the last three years 
uh, are going to, are helping me to to write this book so it's beautiful uh, a beautiful achievement a beautiful milestone as well i don't know what the book is going to bring me uh, and second i have launched the uh, leading uh, with humor for women last march as i mentioned and i'm looking forward to uh, to recruiting the next cohort and to work with women in order to help them to use you more in the workplace but also to uh, live a life filled with more laughter because in that program we work about we we work on the career but also on the personal life and how humor can help you to be to achieve more life uh, work balance and happiness and by the way if you would like to ask question or to be connected, uh, I think, Beata, you can share the link. I would be happy yep. to speak with you and to answer your question, any question. Uh, please uh, book your uh, book 30 minutes with me and uh, let's discuss, let's chat. I like to discuss with people, to meet new people. Discovery call with Dr. Vanessa is in the chat box, so you're more than welcome to fill in the form and connect with Dr. Vanessa. Vanessa, final, one of the final questions we like to ask is, uh, what is the, your life lesson quote and how did it change you? How did it impact your career? So that one of the, the quotes I really, uh, well, there are two quotes that I like, but one, I used it on my uh, on my TED Talk and I saw a question about the TED Talk and yes, it's available on YouTube and on the platform, the, the TEDx platform as well. Um, and it's about, it's from Maya Angelou and it's people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And it's, uh, it's very, uh, it's linked to what I do. Because for me, the essence of humor is about making people feel good. And if you can bring that feeling to everybody you meet, this, uh, I think, will unravel a wave of positivity. And that would have the power to change the world one laugh at a time. <laughs> and what's the second one then? So the second one is, uh, I, I posted it on, uh, on LinkedIn, uh, I think last week, uh, and I, I, I like it. It's not from a philosopher, it's from someone anonymous on Facebook, but it's, you can't please everyone, you are not a jar of Nutella. And I love that quote because we exhaust ourselves trying to please everyone and you, uh, you want to be liked, but uh, when you do a, a, a job like mine, which is like comedy and being on stage and teaching people, uh, you often have criticism. Let's be true. I mean, you can't please everyone. You can't have like 100% of people, 100% of the time, liking you. Uh, and I think with social media, we all think people have profit life. Uh, and we have to be realistic. You are not going to please everyone, and that's okay. If you can focus on the only person that you impacted, that's what matters. Because those people are going to be, I mean, to uh, to like someone else, to uh, relate to uh, someone else's message, not yours. But that's okay, we are all different. And I think we should all stick it to our mirror. You can please everyone. You are not a jar of Nutella, because I think Nutella, most people like it, so you are more likely to please everyone if you are uh, melted chocolate to spread on a toast rather than being yourself. And that's okay. 
That's okay too. I like to use your not chicken combo uh, soup. Uh, so not everybody has to like you. Uh, mm -hmm. Now let's go to our uh, favorite question. Imagine the pandemic is over and you can invite any person in the world to have face-to-face -face breakfast anywhere in the world. Who would you invite and where would you go to? So I think it's going to uh, to be very surprising because I would like to invite to invite uh, women who are, are spend their life in uh, creativity, and uh, she's a fashion icon and she's a hundred years old. I don't know if you know her. She's uh, Iris Apfel. And oh, I love her. I love her, and I think it would be great to uh, to discuss with Iris Apfel because I own her to not be scared anymore of aging. Uh, her and uh, a late comedian, who um, stand-up comedian, who was still on stage at 84. And now we can see that more and more women over 50 are being celebrated. Some are becoming a top model. So my dream of becoming Kate Moss will finally happen, maybe when I would be 70, hopefully, finger crossed. Uh, and uh, and I think it would be uh, it would be a very interesting conversation to uh, yeah I would enjoy being with uh, Iris Apfel and because she's in New York I would go to the Blue Box uh, so it's the restaurant where you can have breakfast at Tiffany and uh, I would love to feel like Audrey Hepburn having breakfast at Tiffany uh, so uh, so I've not been here there yet but it's on my list. Well, that's on your bucket list and I hope you gonna get there because I know that you're going to Big Apple. So uh, shortly you will have opportunity, next if month. not with Iris Apple, next month you will have opportunity to have breakfast a la Audrey Hepburn. Good humor is a tonic for mind and body. It is the best antidote for anxiety and depression. It is a business asset. It attracts and keeps friends. It lightens human burdens. It is the direct route to serenity and contentment, Grenville Glazer said. Well, when you focus on positives, the positives get more positive. Thank you so much, Dr. Vanessa, for today's show. It's been very, very empowering. Next week, we are talking about how to raise money and empower your audience in medical startup. Thank you so much for our great audience today and questions from Olga Vasina, In Love and In Pain, Agatha Bellon, I. Esmeralda, Marianne Madera, and Patrick L. Young. Um, we are going to finish with another great, great quotation of Maya Angelou. If you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, change your attitude. Today is your day to hug the future and hug the positivity you want. Thank you. Thank you.